Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Father, may you open our eyes to see your goodness every single day, to see your goodness not only in you, Lord, but in the people that we fellowship with, that, that we meet with, to see the goodness in each and every one of them, Lord. I pray that you help us to see your goodness in every little detail of our lives. As we live, as we walk, as we drive, as we communicate, as we fellowship, may our eyes just see goodness, Lord. Goodness, Father because that's how you see, dear Lord. You see the good in everything. You see the good in us. You see the good in every single one of your creation, because your love covers a multitude of sins, dear Lord. May your love overflow in our hearts today and every single day. And may that love teach us to hide, to cover, a multitude of failures and sins in others, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated, please. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Um, Seeing that next week we are entering uh, what we call the Holy Week, in celebrating next Sunday, I believe the most important event in our Christian calendar, our Passover, The Apostle Paul instructs that we do so not with malice and wickedness, but we do so with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In other words, we need to uh, examine ourselves and purge everything that is not of God, that our conscience bothers us, and come humbly before the Lord in repentance and faith, and receive the precious forgiveness of the Lord again and again. The Word of God says that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So, coming to my message this morning, I thought that it would be appropriate to minister on the power and mystery of the cross. And we're going to read two verses of Scripture, or two portions of Scripture, one from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, and the second one, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. Let's read the first one from the New King James Version, says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So the message of the cross is the power of God. It is that power that delivers us from the life of sin and selfishness and brings us into the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second one is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. And this one I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. 
The wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, this or his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. The word mystery is defined, any such truth which is knowable only by divine revelation. The Greek word there is mysterion, something hidden, something secret, that can only be known by divine revelation. That's what the word mystery means. The death of Christ, as we know, looking back now, was a mystery to those who looked on because they couldn't understand that Christ had to die. They just couldn't see it. They couldn't fathom it. That the one whom they believed was going to be the king and set up his kingdom, now they see him hanging on the cross, dying. Today, of course, as we look back, we understand that it was his death that brought us life. That if Christ hadn't died we would not have lived in his presence today. None of us. So it was the death of Christ that opened the door to our world that was shut for generations and for thousands of years. Christ's death opened the door for the spirit of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to enter our world and to offer mankind across the nations, all creation, to offer them the gift of eternal life to those who believe on his name. Or you could say the gift of immortality. Did you know that we have immortality in Christ Jesus, that we will never die? I'm not talking about your body, I'm talking about your spirit. For the moment you leave your body, immediately you are in the presence of the glorified Lord. That's what Paul said, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Isn't that a wonderful thing to meditate on and cause our hearts to rejoice that there is life, far better life, after we put off our physical body in the presence of the Lord. So it was his death that made it possible for us to receive eternal life. The scriptures say in John 3.15 that whoever believes in him, that is in Jesus, should not perish but have eternal life. So we see here that eternal life, resurrection life, divine life was possible through Jesus Christ's death. Life came out of the death of Christ. I mean, the human comprehension or mind or intellect cannot fathom that. Christ's death and humiliation on the cross, folks, was a great mystery 
which was hidden in the mind of God long before the world began. It was a secret, a mystery. No one could see through it. If the devil and his cohorts knew what we know today, that that if he had crucified Christ, he would suffer the greatest defeat and his kingdom would be completely dismantled. That's what took place. And when the devil and his cohorts put him to the cross through human instruments, they thought they defeated him. They thought it is finished. They thought they won. And they rejoiced that day. Even the disciples had lost hope, complete hope. They were depressed. They were hopeless because they thought that his death brought an end to everything they believed in, everything they dreamed of. Their dreams were shattered. The life they knew with Jesus came to an abrupt end, and they thought, that's it, everything is finished, and how wrong they were. That's why the Bible says that if the devil knew what he was doing by crucifying Christ, the Scripture says, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Thank God he couldn't see through the mystery. Amen? God's plans are very secret. Very sec- That's why when God reveals something to you from his secret wisdom, you've got to be careful who you share it with, especially when it has to do with your life and your future. Amen? Because the moment you open your mouth and you utter those secret things that only meant for you and for your encouragement, the devil will pick up what you said and he will begin to put roadblocks. Amen. And he will raise opposition. Remember what happened to Joseph? God revealed his plan to Joseph while he was still a young man and one night in his father's tent he dreamed that he would be great and that, and that everyone would be bowing before him, even his own family. He shouldn't have said anything. He should have kept it secret. But anyway, he uttered it prematurely, and as a result of that, he attracted so much persecution and suffering from his own brethren. So, amen. That's just by the way. Now, this divine mystery... This secret plan of God was hidden in one of the foundational principles of the kingdom of God. You know what that was? What that is? It was the principle of the seed. Or, we can put it this way, the principle of sowing and reaping. That is one of the foundational principles in the kingdom of God. What you sow, you reap, and you reap in abundance. Amen? That mystery, that secret plan was hidden in that principle. For Jesus said, remember, in John 12, verse 23 to 25, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, 
and he who hates his life in this world, in other words, hates it so much that presents it to the Lord or presents it to the cross, will find it again, he says. Amen? So, the destination of every seed, regardless of its kind, is what? Death. The purpose of every seed is reproduction or multiplication. That's the purpose of the seed. Any kind of seed that you can think of, unless you put it into the ground and hide it in the ground and let it die, it will never produce. It will remain alone. So the destiny of the seed is death, and its purpose is multiplication. Amen? Jesus, the Son of God, was that grain of wheat that willingly and, and joyfully fell into the ground and died. And because he died, the Bible says he raised many sons into glory. Amen? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? So the death of Christ brought many, 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 many sons and daughters into life according to the word of God. And let me say this, no one can truly bear fruit or reproduce after his kind unless they are willing to go through the death of the cross. And that goes for every single one of us. If you want to become fruitful in the kingdom of God and useful in the kingdom of God, there is only one way to do it, and that is through dying to self. Amen? Dying to your own dreams, your own ambitions, your own desires, and laying that down at the foot of the cross and allow Christ to fill you with his life, with his plans, with his purposes. And that's true life of what Jesus called life in abundance. You will never find fulfillment in life. You will never be fully satisfied until and unless you're willing to lay down your life and allow Christ to come fill you with his presence and with his spirit and give you a purpose and give you a dream that is far greater than your dream. Amen. And give you a future that is filled with, yes, many challenges and maybe even suffering, but a life that is filled with purpose and fulfillment in Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen. So, I've come to the conclusion that the only reason Christians, born-again believers fail to reproduce godly fruit and fulfill the God-given destiny is because they refuse to embrace the cross and die to self. Amen? You know that the love of self, selfishness, is the root cause. Today, we, we, we don't use so much the word sin, but people can understand selfishness. Selfish people are always living in sin. Hello? Isaiah says, we all have sinned, every single one of us. Why? Because each one of us has gone to his own way. Hello? And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Why? Because we want to do our own thing. We want to go our own way. We want to serve God on our own terms. If it's convenient, if it's comfortable, if there is a return. You know, people today come to Christ because the preachers have told them, come to Christ and you will get this and get that and receive that. That's true, but that's not all the truth. We should preach first, come to Christ and lose your life. Come to Christ and lose your dreams. Amen? Come to Christ and deny your will. And then you're going to receive the peace of God, the rest of God. Amen? And your soul will find rest and restoration. Amen? And I, I think we do great injustice, especially to new converts, when we do not emphasize enough the importance of the cross. And I don't think we are preaching enough the message of the cross. And we should do something about it. Amen? Praise God. That's for preachers who are called to preach. Praise God. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25, if anyone desires to come after me, what was the first thing that Jesus said to those who followed him. There was a crowd following him, multitudes of people. But you know, Jesus always encouraged, always discouraged the crowds. You know how he dispersed them? He said, you want to come after me, this is the first thing you need to do. What was that? Deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. That's the first thing that a disciple must do. And there's no escape from that. You cannot serve self and God at the same time. It's impossible. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. For either you will love the one and hate the other, or you will devote yourself to the one and despise the other. You see, our hearts are made up to worship primarily only one. Amen. So Jesus made it very, very plain. He said, you want to come after me? You want to follow me? You want to be my disciple? Well, this is what you must do. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. That's daily. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. What does it mean to save your life? To save your will, to do your will, to follow your will, to follow your own dreams to follow your own ideas rather than choosing to follow the plan of God for your life. There is no better place, no safer place, no more blessed place to be than in the center of the will of God for your life. You want to be safe? That's the only place. I don't care how much violence there is around, just like South Africa today, every time we turn on the news, we see killings and murders and violence and riots and all of that. But you know, I can put my head on the pillow at night and sleep peacefully like a little child. I'm not afraid of the violence. I'm not afraid of the evil one. I'm not afraid of the people that go around and kill and destroy. Why? because I am protected in the center of the will of God for my life and for my family. And I've experienced that for all the years that we have walked with the Lord as a family. 
Amen. And I'm not speaking from just from the Word of God what it says, but from my own life's experience and my own journey of faith. God forbid that I should step out of the will of God. And regardless of the cost, regardless of the suffering, regardless of the persecution, regardless of the criticism, regardless of what goes on, my mind has been made up many years ago. I will follow the Lord to the end of my days. I will go where he sends me, and I will do what he calls me to do. That's my own confession, and I trust it is yours as well, if you want to be blessed in life. Amen. So, no seed can fulfill its purpose without falling into the ground and dying. And no individual, no matter who you are, where you come from, what your title is, what your education is, whether you're rich or poor, you cannot fulfill God's purpose without falling into the ground and dying, without embracing the cross. Because the purpose of every life, including yours, is to reproduce after your kind. Amen? To reproduce your fragrance, your commitment, your faith in the Lord. Amen? To see others come to Christ because you believe and because you have given them an example to follow. Even our mate said to me the other day, boss, I am so glad you spoke to me about Jesus a number of years ago. I'm so glad you told me the gospel. And we have people working for us, yet we've never shared the gospel with him. Amen? You see people every day in your place of work, and you're too timid to tell them or to find an opportunity through prayer to share the good news with him. I'm so glad that many years ago somebody insisted. He took me by the hand, even though I didn't want to go to church. He took me by the hand and he led me to a place where for the first time I heard the gospel and I accepted Christ. I am always thankful for that deed. Amen. And we should be those lights that shine bright. And not just with word, but our lives need to be a living examples that will attract people to us. And when the hearts are open, because they know we genuinely care for them, then we share with them the good news or the message of the cross. Praise God. So, death is the pathway that is to be walked by every life that is destined to glorify God. Therefore, our view or our mindset of the cross and dying to self needs to change if we are to embrace it and not run from it. Yeah, for many years I ran away from it, rebellious, disobedient to my own parents, hating everybody. But there came a day when I said, I'm not going to run anymore from, from the cross. And speaking of Jesus, the Bible says, listen to what it says concerning Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, when Jesus faced the cross, 
He looked beyond the cross. He looked beyond the grave, beyond the suffering, beyond the humiliation. And you know what he saw? Prophetically, he saw you and me. Amen. And that gave him the courage to endure the suffering of the cross, the humiliation of the cross, because the cross is an instrument of death. It's an instrument of humiliation and suffering. But he looked beyond all that, and that gave him the courage and the strength to endure the most painful and cruel death that a person can endure. And so we also need to see beyond the cross, to see the lives that we will change, to see the dreams that will be fulfilled because we've embraced the cross. And I ask myself, why do we naturally run away from the cross? Why do we run away or we shrink from laying down our lives? from dying to self or denying ourselves, And I believe it's because of fear. Fear that is rooted and birthed from the love of self. Amen? That's, that's the fear. Fear of the unknown. Amen? Fear of letting go of something that you dearly love. It could be a person, it could be a thing, or your own will, or your own opinions. Some people, man, they worship their own opinions. They always write, amen, and everybody else is wrong. So they, they bow before their opinion because they think they know best. They want to win an argument regardless. If they win the argument and lose the, the friend or the person, we value, we value things that are really not important. If you value your opinion more than you, you value your relationship, there's going to come a time when, when the relationship will be damaged. Hello? Amen. And someone once asked, do you want to be reconciled or do you want to be right? Hello? There comes a time where you've got to take all of the blame, all of the fault, even though it's not your fault, and say, I'm sorry. What will it take to restore this relationship? What is it going to cost me? I will gladly pay it. I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose my relationship with you. Amen. Because in the eyes of God, relationships are far more important than silver or gold or titles or anything else. But in church, from my own experience, what I've learned is that Christians value relationships very little. They can walk away from a relationship just with a little offense. God forgive us. It hurts the heart of God. It grieves him and it gives him pain when he sees his children not loving one another. Entire families broken because of inheritance. Who's going to get more? Why? Because we love something far more than our relationships. And someone approached Jesus during his ministry and he said, Lord, tell my brother to share his inheritance. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, Man, who made me your judge? And he said, Beware of covetousness. It will destroy a person that, that is covetous. How do we conquer this fear? Through knowledge. Through the knowledge of God, we conquer fear. Why? When you know what awaits you beyond the cross, you are no longer afraid. You know you're giving something up, but God is going to give you something far better than what you've laid down of what you've surrendered to the Lord. Praise God. You will be willing to surrender your will, your opinions, your dreams, your ambitions in exchange for God's will, God's dreams, God's purpose, which is far greater than yours. Amen. That's where eternal life is. For he who would save himself will lose it. And he who loses himself because of the gospel will find it again, or his life. And when Jesus came face to face with his own death, listen to what he said in John 12, 27. Now my soul is troubled. You know, when you face the cross, no one dies with a smile on his face. There's usually pain and tears. Amen. He said, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, or save me from death? No, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. The glory of God was far more important to the Lord Jesus than his own life. Amen. And God is glorified, folks. You want to glorify God? Well, this is the way you do it. When we surrender ourselves to the cross so that He could freely live His life through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. The deeper the cross goes into your life, the more the life of Christ will flow out of you. The measure of death you and I experience is the same measure of resurrection life that will flow through us and bless those around us. Amen. So God gets glory when we surrender ourselves to the death of the cross. Paul the Apostle said it this way in 2 Corinthians 4.11, For we who live are always, notice the word, always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Did you hear that? We who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, look at the result. You want to reproduce life? Not for you, for others. So then death is working in us, but life in you. <laughs> what an amazing statement. Death works in me, but life flows to you. And if I don't experience death, there is no life. Amen. So listen to me. You were born to die. And through your death, 
you will live or give life to others and reproduce after your kind. Amen? You will reproduce other men and women that believe in Jesus Christ through your life, through your example, and through the power of resurrection that flows through your life. Paul, again, speaking from his own life and from his own experiences, he said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, I'm reading from the Passion, my brothers and sisters, I continually face death. The Amplified says, I die daily. I face death every day and die to self. Imagine that. This is the great apostle. Do you wonder why God worked so mightily through him? Because he was completely dead to himself. I've learned one thing, that God does not trust alive people, only dead ones. <laughs> Amen? God will trust you when you're dead to self. But not before. So whatever we allow to pass through the cross will always come out on the other side far better, far greater than it ever was. And that is the principle of the seed or the principle of the cross. 1 Corinthians 15, 43 says, It is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it is raised in power. Amen. Sure. I mean, we will always experience a sense of loss and even pain when we let go of something that is dear and precious to us. We will. We will, no doubt. But we do so with a sense of knowing. I cannot stress this enough. If you put your focus on the suffering you will miss it. But if you put your focus on the rewards, you will endure it. Amen? But if we do, so with, we do so with a sense of knowing that something far better awaits us on the other side. Amen? Jesus said something very profound to the two disciples who were walking on the road to Emmaus. He said, in Luke 24, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? You see, they couldn't interpret the scriptures right. The mystery was hidden from their eyes and they couldn't understand it, that Christ had to go through suffering and death before he was raised into glory. And let me say this, there is no glory without suffering. Put that through your head. Every person who enters into a state of glorifying God goes through his own path of suffering. Amen. In my 46 years of walking with the Lord, this year is the 46th year, and I'm going on to 47. I have experienced death many times, both in my own personal life as well as in the life and growth of my ministry. 
And I'm speaking to you from my own experience, not just from the Word of God. God first introduced me to the cross soon after I was born again. And the instruments he anointed to introduce me to the power of the cross were my father-in-law and my wife. Let me say something to the married folks or those who intend to get married. Listen carefully. Someone asked the preacher, how can you define marriage? He said, well, like boiled potatoes. First you boil them, then you skin them, then you crush them, then they become one. Did you get that? You're looking at me. Where, where you come from, Pastor, from another planet? I'll tell you this. Marriage will teach you, that is, if you're teachable, how to die to self. Every day. Amen? You will have disagreements. Those of us who are married know what I'm talking about. You will have disagreements in your marriage. You will have conflicts that will arise through differences of opinion and differences of, of perceptions and preferences. But as they do, is what you do when those conflicts come. If you are humble enough and open to the Spirit, He will teach you how to yield and die to self. <laughs> Amen. Are you still with me? Yeah, praise God. Our marriage, my wife and I, we're celebrating 40, 47 years next month. Amen. Amen. And our marriage stands today after 47 years by the grace of God and I emphasize that by the grace of God and the power of the cross of Christ. <laughs> Where the cross is applied, I found that sufficient grace is released. Only where the cross is applied. And I testify to that because I have lived and experienced it years ago. I recall in 1978, that goes back a long way, we had one of our heated arguments while we were running the supermarket. Uh, I will never forget that day, because that day the Lord taught me how to die to self. There was a conflict, and you know, we Greeks, when we argue, I mean, Michael, the first time he came around and we sat around the table, or my other son-in-law, when we, we, when we talk, he thinks we were fighting. We're loud. So I, 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 just, I just ran away from, from the shop. I got into my car, and I speeded on a road, on an open road, the one that goes to Amtali. I didn't know where I was going. I just wanted to run away. Amen. That's what I used to do before, we got, before I got saved. I, I would go to the wardrobe, pack up my suitcases, run away. Amen. Why? Because I didn't want to die to self. So as I'm driving, I looked up. It was a clear spring day, a sunny sky, and I saw the sign of the cross, white. 
and beneath it the words in Greek, Entuto Nika. That was the name of our first ministry to the Greeks, which means, in this you shall conquer. That's what saved my marriage, folks. When I saw that sign, I stopped the car, I meditated it for a while, and I turned around, and I went back to the shop. You know, the more I meditated, the more I thought on that vision, the more I understood what God was trying to communicate to me through the cross. And if I wanted my marriage to survive and prosper and succeed according to the will of God, I needed to learn how to yield to the cross, die to my stubbornness, to my selfishness, to my pride, let it go, and get rid of it from day to day. And the more I did, the more grace I found. Amen. Let me say this. Nearly half of the Christian marriages today, they end up in divorce. Do you know why? Because they refuse to embrace the cross and die to self and selfishness. What's in it for me? If you don't treat me like you should, I'm getting out of here. I go somewhere else and find the affection that I need or the love that I deserve, but I'm not going to stay here. Amen? That, that's the reality, folks. It should not happen in the church, but it continues to happen again and again and again and again. Amen. We, we think we have a right to go somewhere else because it's not given to us what we feel we deserve. It's the truth. Let me say this. God's a discipline. Michael, I'm looking at my watch again. God's discipline, regardless through whom it is administered, it is always painful, folks. Always. The Bible says, but it is through discipline that we learn. We learn to submit and obey. It is through our suffering in the flesh that we learn to cease from sin and selfishness. That's what Peter says. Those who have suffered in the flesh, he said, have suffered, have, have, have ceased from a life of sin. Amen. Even Jesus, the spotless Lamb of God, the Bible says, even though he was the Son, he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. You know, he didn't bring obedience from heaven. He learned it here on earth. How? By the things that he suffered. And when the cross is applied in our lives, I believe two things happen. First, your eyes are open. You begin to see things that were hidden from your eyes. And then your ears are open. I, amen. And you hear things like you've never heard before about yourself, 
about your attitude? <laughs> you know, you, you try and convince people they're wrong, and if they haven't applied the cross, you're wasting your time. That's why I don't like to argue with people. I'd rather pray. Lord, introduce them to the cross. I mean, that's what Isaiah said. When Isaiah was confronted with the cross, he said, the Lord God opened my ear. And then listen to what he says. And I was not rebellious anymore, nor did I turn away. I gave my back, my cheeks, to those who plucked the beard. I gave my back to those who struck me. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Did you hear? Isaiah was confronted with the cross. You remember when? Where? Isaiah chapter 6. And he saw the Lord high and lifted up. Amen. As he was confronted with the cross and yielded to it, its redeeming power came into him. And you know what? He became bold against his adversaries. And he was no longer afraid. Praise God. That's, if you want to read that, it's in Isaiah 50, verses 5 through 9. And while we are going through it, and the power of the cross is administered, it's painful to the flesh. The Bible says, now all discipline seems to be painful at the time. Yet, it will produce a transformation of character, bringing harvest of righteousness and peace to those who yield to the discipline of the Lord. Because my time is running out, I want to give you one more experience. In 1987, I was summoned by the Bishop of Johannesburg to appear before a committee of the hierarchy of the Orthodox Church in order to question me concerning my ministry to the Greek people. I sat in that room, and all around me there were bishops, theologians, and priests. I think about ten. And they began to throw questions at me. Who gave you this authority to preach? What Bible seminary did you finish? One after the other. Well, to cut a long story short, their verdict was that I was to be excommunicated, which they did, and forbidden to preach to the Greek people anymore. Whereas before I would enter Greek churches and Greek halls where the Greek communities were and I would preach freely. I recall I got into my car and drove all the way back to Zimbabwe and I couldn't even pray because I was so disappointed. I lost hope. My dream has been put to the death. And for three days, I couldn't even pray when I went to prayer. But on the third day, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he gave me this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. These, these experiences are marked deep within my heart, and I will never forget them the longest day I live. 
because those are the times that I've had an encounter with God that has changed the course of my life. This is what it says. The Spirit pointed this verse to me. For though he was crucified in weakness, that's talking about Jesus, yet he lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. And through this verse, the Spirit of God breathed life into me again. And I was so encouraged as I began to meditate and elaborate on this verse of Scripture. And then the Spirit continued to speak, and he said, Son, they crucified and buried you, but I will raise you up and raise your ministry up, and I will cause it to touch and minister to every darkened, furthest part of your community in the nations. And I watched God raise me up. It took about three years progressively and went all over to the nations looking for the Greek communities and ministered to them. Thousands were saved, healed, restored. No matter what man does to you, if you're walking with God, they cannot hurt you. And even if they put you or something that you love to death, what's born of God cannot die. It will be raised up again and again and again, and it will be raised in greater glory than ever before. And I share these testimonies and experiences with you for two reasons. Number one, to bear witness to the Scriptures and to show you that if you desire to follow the Lord up close, you will encounter the cross in one form or another. You better settle that. That is if you want to get close to the Lord. If you want to follow him from afar, you will end up denying him, just like Peter did. Amen. I want to close with this. Again and again, this ministry went through death and resurrection. No once. But every time we went through such an experience, I always emerged from it far stronger than I have been with greater anointing and a greater sense of purpose and fruitfulness. And today, our ministry that has gone through death again and again, God has birthed and raised up true spiritual sons and daughters who are leaders both in the church and in the marketplace today, and they're bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. And I say this, no ministry can enjoy longevity, embrace succession, or bear fruit of any kind without going through the process of sanctification and death. So I want you to stand with me. If you mean business, I want you to raise your hand and make a covenant with the Lord. That is only if you mean business with God and you want to get close and intimate with the Lord. This is the path.
So if you do, if you don't, no problem. No, nobody will, will, will look down on you. It's a decision. It's your choice. And so those of us who want to go further into the experience of the cross, I'm raising my hand, and I want you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, in exchange of your life, I give up my own. I lay it willingly at the altar of your cross. I want to say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. I desire to know you, Lord Jesus, and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your sufferings being made conformed to your death. Amen and amen. Praise God. When the Apostle Peter faced the cross, his last words were as follows. He said, O cross, most welcome and longed for. With a willing mind, joyfully and desirously, I come to you, being the scholar of him which did hang on you because I have always been your lover and yearn to embrace you. Those were his last words. We're entering holy days. We celebrate, we commemorate, and we remember what our Lord Jesus went through. The suffering, the humiliation, the stripes, the death, but also the resurrection. So let us do so with faith and love in our hearts. Bless you. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.